Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Shank, and welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. We're here live with you on this beautiful Wednesday in Virginia Beach. What's up, Corey? How you doing, man? What's up? Doing well, doing well. Well, uh, you know, I'd like to go over all the sports, the scores, the weekend. Baseball playoffs are among us. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, again, the NL East champions, uh, which we're always excited to see. Um, and they will probably win the World Series. Well, they win. The, they will win the World Series. Why? I'm declaring it right now. But there are really no sports <laughs> that went on this weekend because the only headlines you saw was Taylor Swift <laughs> Yeah, really. went to the Chiefs game <laughs> to watch Travis Kelsey. I know. So, you know, as much as I want to cover sports, I mean, I know, uh, I looked in the articles, it's on everywhere. I mean, it, there's not a place you can go that isn't covering the fact that Taylor Swift went to a Travis Kelsey game, a Chiefs game uh, in Kansas City. Apparently, Travis Kelsey, whenever Taylor Swift was at Arrowhead, for her new Eras tour, he was trying to give her a friendship bracelet, which is what they do at Taylor Swift concerts. And he was trying to give her a bracelet with his number on it, but she wouldn't take it because she doesn't talk yeah. before or after concerts. So <laughs> somehow they got connected, and uh, she went to the game and celebrated with his, his family in the suite on Sunday, and then they went to a dinner afterwards. They rented out. The word on the street is that um, it, was a nice, it was a nice restaurant, and everybody was sitting there, I guess – just a normal evening and the waiters and waitresses came up to the parties and said, Hey, your dinners are paid for, but you got to leave now. And so the word on the streets is that they paid for everybody's dinner and they rented out the whole place and then had a throw down after the game. I don't know how true it is, yeah. but people are saying if you're one of those re- people in the restaurant and your dinner was paid for and you knew that it was Taylor Swift that paid for it, that's the only story you have to tell the rest of your life. And my initial <laughs> thought was, what if I went out with my wife and we were just at the beginning of our dinner <laughs> yeah. and we're getting everything put in boxes and getting pushed out of a restaurant, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. I'm on the other end of it. I'm like, man, that's cool. But what if I had like wanted this night with my wife and you're like, well, you get free food and Taylor Swift paid for it. I'm like, no, she kicked me out of a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> she paid for it, but I got booted, man. Yeah. Um, well, the, 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 the funniest trend I've seen now going around is it's like wives taking videos of their husbands or boyfriends or whatever. And they're basically talking about like, have you seen like how basically like Taylor Swift is, is putting Travis Kelsey like on the map now? Like no one even knows who he is. And now that he's dating Taylor Swift, like he's blowing up and it's all these, <laughs> it's all these husbands and boyfriends like fuming. They're like, what are you talking about? He's a two time champion. Like yeah. they're all over the place right well, now. Well, Anybody who's a sports fan knows that Travis Kelsey is in my opinion, the top, the top tight end, maybe the top two or three. I think he's the best tight end in the game of football. Yeah. Um, him and his brother Jason, who's the center for the Philadelphia Eagles, which I don't even like saying that name on this podcast because <laughs> we're a Go Commanders podcast. Even though we had a tough weekend, we're a Go Commanders podcast. Yeah. But they have a, a podcast and you know, um that they that they do called New Heights. And so they they they're very active. Anybody in the sports world knows that. But I think when you get to the Swifties and all the Taylor Swift fans, you're probably not looking to girls age twelve to seventeen that know who Travis Kelsey is because they're probably not too enthralled with the NFL. Yeah. Now some of them may be. But I would think that there's probably a, a very um, a very different dynamic there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree. It's like, man, it depends on what world you're asking. This person is – I saw somebody write, um, he was famous, but now he's in another orbit. And I'm sure that brings notoriety to him. But it probably brings – There's everybody's heard of Taylor Swift, but now there's – in the same breath, there's football fans that are – 
probably thinking, well, maybe maybe they'll lean into her music or push their kids towards it because she's dating a, you yeah. know, I don't know. It could go both ways. Now, Taylor Swift, they would say, is a much bigger star than Travis Kelsey, whatever it may be. But I agree. I think that uh, anybody who's a, a football fan, you know, Travis Kelsey was already a huge name in yeah. the NFL. And I know those names, you know, over time they say, well, they fade this or that. But the NFL is not a small sports franchise. It's a no. worldwide brand, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's just two really famous people getting together. Why is it such a big deal? Do you think sometimes I feel like we, I understand why people who are famous feel lonely because, yeah. you know, like with us, I mean, we can't even go out. This podcast is just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had to buy out Chipotle last night just so oh, I could eat, eat dinner. Um, but. I, I wonder, I, I don't, I, you know, they got, there's such a loneliness to people who are famous, which we get. But when you think about it, like Taylor Swift is, she's encouraging to people. She is a voice to young ladies. She's, she's somebody who, I mean, even men, I mean, there, there's men, women, not just young girls. People are absolutely enthralled with her and she seems to be an amazing person. It does really good for a lot of people. So that's great. But I, you think, you know, you, you, it's not hard to imagine why these people sh- sometimes, and I'm not saying her specifically, maybe she has nothing to this, but you see why celebrities feel like it's lonely because one, people can't uh, understand your world, but two, you're just a, an icon sometimes. You're so many people look to that you almost become a character in a story and not a real person. Yeah. You know, and I've heard NFL athletes say that. They say, we're people too. We're, we're real people. And they say that all the time. Like, hey, we're people, but off the field, uh, you know, we have lives just like you. You know, we're people on the field, but off the field, we do the same things you do. Yeah. And I think it's hard for us to relate to that because none of us live in those worlds. So I, I just think it's a, it's weird what we do to celebrities. It's weird that we, that there's this human thing to, you know, put people in these, in these places that are uh, almost floating above the world when they're just people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I know, I know you're adamantly against it, but my wife and I actually watched the Jason Kelsey documentary. I watched it. I'm uh, against it, but yeah, I watched yeah. it. You're against I thought I it was like awesome. it. I mean, he seems like a cool dude. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying. It, I mean, it does paint this really cool picture of like, he just, yeah, he's a normal dude. You know, makes a ton of money playing football and he's yeah. normal. Yeah, it was super it, cool. It's funny at the end of that documentary, if for those of you that are listening that haven't seen it, it's on Prime. It's a good documentary. But yeah. at the end of it, he was contemplating what to, what to do with whether or not to go back to play football. And he was saying, my body's beat up, I'm hurt. But he's like, what else do I do? And I think you know, you play a game your whole life and, and you've prepared and your family. And he was even saying with CTE doesn't know what he's going to be in the future. And I mean, the reality is he may not live to be a super old human being, but he said, you know, I've set my family up and there's such a price to pay. And it yeah. is, it's really, it's really, um, it's interesting because you got to think when you're at the end of your NFL career and you're like, what's happened to my body over these years, there's guys who a lot of these linemen, they'll lose a hundred pounds because they can't even go up and down stairs when they retire. Mm-hmm. And you're like, when I'm done, what do I do now? And I mean, obviously he's got a whole marketing campaign outside of football and not a lot of guys have that, but it's still, it's, it's gotta be hard. I think about even what I get to do, like you get to preach the gospel and you love it. And I, I get as excited about what I do as I did when I ever played, you know, sports running out of a tunnel. And I think, what if that was taken from me? And that's really what's happening. These guys, you age out of your, of a gifting in your life. And that's gotta be really, really difficult. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But the real world is, the real world isn't there. I mean, the real world, there is, I feel like we are, this is a time in history that the future will talk about. 
I feel like there's a time in history that will be in the history books of like uh, the financial places that we're in, the markets, the interest rates, the walkouts that are happening. I mean, CVS is having a walkout. The Writers Guild had a walkout. Um, workers on the Vegas Strip are having a walkout. There's just walkouts everywhere. And the reason is because people can't afford to live. Yeah. The money is not coming in any greater than it was, but everything is it's so expensive to live. And... Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's not enough right now because the world has gotten so expensive and really you, there's no end in sight. Yeah. There's no solution. Yeah. Um, things have to change obviously in our governmental structure and this isn't a political podcast, but, um, we can say that obviously the buck stops somewhere, meaning somebody has got to make a decision somewhere. There's something that's got to change because people just can't afford to live. And that's really the world we live in. You know, you got celebrities, that are able to buy out entire restaurants, but then you've got people at those restaurants that can't afford to make their rent. So it's just such a upside down society. The, the, there's there, the, basically the, the middle class is just being, ex, it's going extinct, right? There's an yeah. upper class and then there's this lower middle class, but the, the strong middle class is just kind of going away because people, there's no such thing anymore. It's like people are starting to either yeah. make more money and be able to live above a level or they're not able to afford where they used to live just because the, I mean, you can't even, you can, I got four kids. And so our grocery bill is probably doubled this year, you know? Mm, yeah. And so and that's, that's, that's the real, that's where the world is at is there's, there's the world is at walkouts. You know, and sometimes I yeah. wonder if that makes us even take celebrities and put them on a bigger stage because we're like, wow, they they did it, they achieved something. But who who put them there? Yeah, people put exactly. them there. So um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's awesome that I love seeing people in their giftedness and their calling. And but I think it's like, man, you know, some people say, well, people should do this or do that. Some people didn't have the start; other people had to. Period. It's just that it's just that clear. You yeah. know what I mean? Some people didn't yeah. have that start. And uh, they've had to fight differently. And some people say, well, you put your mind to it, you always get, get, that's not the way, that's not reality. You can tell your kid, believe in it, it'll happen. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not. Um, I tell my boys, man, do what you got to do, get educated, um, you know, respect people and run towards what God has for your life. And I think that's the big thing is if God has it, it's going to happen, but it's not as easy as just saying, well, you just got to keep fighting for it. It'll eventually happen. That's just not true. Yeah, I fought seven years to be an evangelist at travel, and I want to do crusades and stadiums, arenas, convention centers. I want to travel on tour buses, and I wanted to go over the world preaching the gospel. And maybe, maybe, maybe in down the road, God will have that. But I have that passion. When I got called into ministry, I got a picture of, for those who don't know, Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists of the 20th century, probably the greatest, would you know preach to millions all over the world. And when God told me, he, when he called me into ministry, meaning like I was in my room in seventh grade, he said, that's what you're going to do with your life. He gave me that picture. And so I thought, well, this is what I want to do. And even now, like those types of environments I would love, but God hasn't called me. He's not allowed me to do that. It's not what he's asked me to do. So I could fight all I wanted. Seven years, I dedicated my life to it. I had no money. Our house got foreclosed on in the process. I was doing everything I could and it didn't happen. And you say, well, if you stuck with it, it obviously wasn't what he had after those seasons. I traveled and I preached, but what I'm doing now, like I have kids. I don't want to miss, if I was on the road all the time, missing my children and what they're doing in their sports and what they're doing in their life. Like Caden, you know, if he's playing baseball tonight, he's in the drum line in his middle school. So they have a football nice. game. I can't wait to go watch him. Yeah. You know, I told him, I said, bro, don't trip and fall and get mud on your face and mess up the <laughs> snare. Uh, Cause he's so pumped. But he said, man, last year he said there was somebody who tripped and fell into the the quads and they fell into the whole clarinet line. Oh gosh, like a domino effect. <laughs> I said, man, don't be that guy. <laughs> the bleachers are gonna be slippery tonight. It's raining out. But I just, I would, I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me enough to miss this. Yeah, 
you can't pay me enough. There's yeah. no way unless I, I, I die tonight before I get there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm so grateful because what I thought I wanted was not, if I having kids, I could not picture my life being away from them all the time. It would drive me crazy. You know, oh, I mean? get it. Yeah, I get it, man. It would drive me nuts. It's not, it's not fun for me. Yeah. I want to be where they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so Hey, something that, something that's, uh, was bothering me last night. I saw a commercial for a thing called a drain weasel. <laughs> All right. And when you see, <laughs> it's basically this thing you put down the drain and then you crank it and it has these little teeth on it. It's really a great design. Have you seen it? Uh, I don't think so. No, but well, I, I, I can picture it. Yeah. It's like these replaceable little things. You put them down the drain and then you crank it and it has little teeth and it just spins them around and pulls it out. And I'm like, well, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. The problem was on the commercial, it wasn't like a, um, it wasn't like a graphic that they created. It was, they were really pulling stuff out of drains in the commercial <laughs> globs of hair <laughs> with all kinds of goo in them. And I'm sitting yeah. there like, why am I feeling a certain emotion right now watching this commercial? I was being, I was disgusted and it takes yeah. a lot to disgust me. But my thought was, I understand the concept and so does everybody else. Why couldn't we have cartooned this or yeah. made some yeah. kind of graphic, but yet they were going down into people's drains and I was dreading like, Oh no. And they pull up this big long gob of dripping wet hair. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, like this commercial needs to have a rating on it. Like viewer discretion is advised. I was perturbed at how violated I felt watching that commercial. I'm sure the product's great, but I could not believe what I was seeing. Maybe I'm just a little too, maybe it's one of those things for me. I don't know. I dare say probably my favorite YouTube video of all time. And I literally just pulled it up to make sure. So it's, it's literally this dad and he's trying to explain how to clean out your shower drain. And so he's shooting this like how to YouTube video. And this was gosh, years and years and years and years ago. But as soon as he see, he lifts up the drain. As soon as he sees the hair, he goes, <laughs> he, start, he, <laughs> he starts gagging. And for the, <laughs> He never stops the video for the rest of the video is him just uncontrollably gagging. He's like, Oh, the smell. He's like, he he has, he has a a plastic bag trying to rip the hair off and he can't rip. He's using all of his strength and he can't rip the hair off. And he's just gagging over and over and over again. Everybody has their thing, but I don't know what it is with hair in a drain that gets me. Oh, well, it's, well, it's disgusting. I'm talking about it now and I'm feeling numb chin. I'm feeling my my the, the spit build up in the back of my mouth, my chin going numb. Yeah. Like I'm mentally having to prepare to get through this podcast. I, I feel disgusting right now. Yeah. And it yeah. smells horrible. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that made I'll me send, feel a little better I'll, just simulating I'll send, it. I'll send you the video later. No, I'm good, bro. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you asked for it. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> Don't blame me. Hit it. You asked for it. Thank you, John. All right, I got two questions. The first one is this. What if you didn't exist? (laughs) Gosh. This is like a pastor buddy question. Hey, you know what? What if you just weren't here? Think about it. Yeah. I think the reason this is such an introspective question is because a lot of us feel like we don't matter. Yeah, and if you actually good. think, what if you didn't exist and how many people you'd be like, well, they or this or they wouldn't be here. Think about how many things you affect by being alive. Yeah. What if you didn't exist? And I think yeah. for me, I'm like, well, what wouldn't be happening or what changes wouldn't be there? It just makes me want to be more. It makes me want to do more and help more people. You know, yeah. when I think about what if I didn't exist? Yeah, no, it's true. 
Then we get in the butterfly effect and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You ever, yeah How many really? generations behind you? How many history books would be changed if you weren't then, if you weren't there? Exactly. Have you ever had the thought? I've I've often had this like existential thought of what if I was a different person? Like, you know, the fact that like oh, yeah. you know, your mom and dad, whatever. I've dreamt you, of that. You exist. A professional athlete. But you're like, well, <laughs> but you're like, what if, what if I wasn't me and I was somebody, I, cause I could have been, I could easily been It's crazy. No. I mean, what if I was Brett Favre <laughs> apart from the legal troubles that he's had to walk through? I yeah. mean, what if I could sling a ball like that? Yeah. I mean, his game, I, he's my favorite quarterback of all time. The way he played the game. Yeah. I just love the way Brett Favre plays. Uh, what if, you know, you were Neil Armstrong. That'd be crazy. Or if you believe we went to the moon. What <laughs> if you were Beyonce? <laughs> Sorry. Or John Lennon. I mean, Off what topic. if you're, you just think about, or you think, what if I was that guy underneath of the overpass living yeah. with six shopping carts and never had a chance and was, you know, never given a shot at yeah. life and, and just had to figure it out and you've never really, you know what I mean? Like, it is, I think about that all the time because I'll see news articles that take place in other parts of the world and they're like, it was a big issue and it happened at night while we were, it was the middle of our day, but their night and just how different the world is and how different people live in the different cultures. And it really is amazing to think about all this happens under God's eye. And we think our issues are such big issues, but God is just so big and he's, yeah. and, uh, he's created all this and it's like the world never stops. There's always a morning, always an evening, always an afternoon somewhere. Mm-hmm. A, you know, a good healthy dose of perspective, man. Always does you good. Makes you feel really small, but that's yeah. where God makes you feel really important. It's cool. Yeah. You know, and the next question I have is, are you living for the future or the past? And maybe for those who've been through mental health uh, counseling, are you living in the future or in the past? Because hmm. I ask Damn. myself that. Some days when I find myself depressed or a little heavy, I feel like I'm living in the past. Yeah. Or you Anytime I find myself excited, I know I'm living in the future because I'm excited about what's ahead. Yeah. I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about my boys. I'm excited yeah. about, you know, life. Some people, though, with the, you know, with extreme anxieties, the future stresses them out. It's true. You know, and so, you, yeah, you could look at that either way. But Good. Good I think, point. yeah, I, I, uh, I recently read uh, the bit. Somebody posed this question to someone else. And they're like, what do you think is actually better for you? Thinking positively or not thinking negatively? If you had to guess. Um, I would say thinking positively. So scientifically, not thinking negatively is healthier for your brain. So if we could just now again, you might be thinking, well, if I think positively, I'm not thinking negatively, but it's the pattern of that all consuming kind of like loop that our mind plays when we think negatively um, like that actually hurts our brain thinking positively. It can't help you. But they said, if you would just stop your negative self-talk in your mind, it's not even so much because you have people that are realist and then people that are optimistic, but they're like, just don't think negatively. Like that's, yeah, I can see that. that's where they tell people to focus. Their attention is breaking that loop. Well, and I was probably on the train of, if I think positively, I won't be thinking negatively. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was trying to kill two birds with one stone there. It's definitely, a, it's definitely a weird question, but they were basically. But I agree. Leading, I think it's a great point. Yeah. What holds the most power yeah. is to, is to try and break those negative thought loops. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, uh, something I read yesterday that I thought was so touching 
And I think all of us, if we look at our life, we think we're going to die with our spouse's hand in our hand and we're going to go to sleep like on the notebook. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody thinks that they're going to be on the notebook. Nobody thinks they're going to die tragically. Nobody thinks that their spouse is going to die tragically and they're going to get married two or three times to different spouses that continue to die. Like we don't think about life like this. Yeah. Everybody has a story in life. You're going to have a great marriage, a great family. You're going to die old and holding on to one another and go into eternity where you're going to meet Jesus. And if you don't believe in Jesus, I hope that you would. <laughs> but <laughs> but we, we just have these pictures that are unrealistic of reality. Yeah. And there was a story about a Tennessee couple. They were both 91 and they died holding hands in the hospital. Oh, jeez. Like they, he, the, the, the gentleman had, I guess, some type of dementia or Alzheimer's and had been moved into a care facility. So they lived in a retirement community that was, uh, in a part of that retirement community that was specialized for people with dementia, Alzheimer's. I don't remember exactly what it was, but one of those. Uh, and so the man and, and his wife, they lived there and then he went to the hospital because of some stuff that was going on with his body and was there for a couple of days. And then she fell down and got sent to the hospital. And because they were in two different sections of the hospital, the families asked for them to move together. And so they moved them together so they could be together in the hospital. And uh, when she was there with him, she said, I'm okay with what's going to happen. And they were holding hands and he knew that she was there and at peace or whatever. And he ended up passing away and she'd passed away nine days later at 91. Yeah. I mean, what a sweet, and I think I'm only, I, I just turned 41 and it's for whatever reason, I feel, um, you feel like, you know, God willing, I live to be 91. I'm only ha I'm not even halfway done my life, but you start to really think about, you just start to really think about the, the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what that looks like. And I think for a lot of people, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad when you think you're 91 and you got your fa your family, your grandkids, your great grandkids, whatever, like it's going to end someday, but you just think about staying there with your, holding your wife's hand and all the great memories you have and all the things you do together. And you're like, why can we live another nine years, make it to a hundred and, you know, continue yeah. to watch the prices right every morning or whatever it is you do when you're 90. I don't know. <laughs> My <laughs> you know wife does that now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and, but I'm saying, you know, you just hang out, do your thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just, Man, all these existential questions you're bringing today, dude. Dude, you're I just, just feel like, like a, I got deep today. You're just like, got, e I got deep fast. everybody's thinking about their life now. And it's like a pool full of jello. You jump in, <laughs> you can't get out. <laughs> Eat your way out of that thing. <laughs> uh, I just need to like go outside tonight and stare at the moon for a while. Well, <laughs> Conquer the stars and comp contemplate everything. No, My wife loves the moon and uh, oh, yeah. stars. So does Caden. They're all in it. Um I mean, who doesn't? Like, that's why yeah. I love camping. You go out, it's a dark sky with deep stars. There's nothing better. Just stars yeah. as far as you can see. It's unbelievable. I mean, what better place to think, right? Good point. Yeah. So they say millions of people right now are staying home and cleaning and as, as, as their idea of a good time. Staying home and cleaning? As their idea of a good time. Yes, sir. Man, we're, we're there now, huh? <laughs> we well, they say that it's because there's a new breed of Gen Zs that they this is the new going out. They, because when they do it, they feel so like accomplished and relieved oh. and like, things have gotten done and they're excited about the different cleaning methods. And um, one of the cleaning methods was people were using apple juice to clean their floor. And one of the ladies who's like apparently like an expert on this, she goes, well, you get what you deserve. Lots of ants. <laughs> oh, geez. If you yeah. use apple juice to clean your floor. Yeah, really. <laughs> but I, I love how we find new ways to do old things. But I think it's just like people, I don't know, man. I think, can I tell you what I, my perspective is on some of this? I think some people just legitimately love cleaning as a hobby. It's like their oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. I don't, I think people are searching. 
I think we're in a time and area of our world. People are searching. Yeah. And I think anytime we feel accomplished or like there's something that's taken off of our plate, as much as we may or may not enjoy it, it's a, it's a little bit of air that comes out of the stress balloon for us. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think again, we're in the pool full of jello. Yeah. I mean, some people legitimately just like cleaning and staying home. I get it. That's your hobby. I, I, please come to my house. I would love for you to use your <laughs> hobby in my home. But, uh, and my wife, you know, she cleans all the time. We got four kids. You got a house you got to take care of. She's co- constantly, we're always all cleaning. But mm-hmm. I think there is a connection here where things that we accomplish actually make us enjoy life more because there's less on the task list. My wife will always tell me you're about big tasks. And once your tasks are done, you feel, you know, like you accomplished something. For instance, we're moving. And so I took the trampoline down. I took all of our outdoor lighting down. Uh, and my goal on Sunday was to get the pool table and all of our outdoor stuff done. I got all my outdoor stuff done on Monday. I took the pool table apart on Sunday. So I felt like I kicked my feet up. I was watching football Monday. I said, man, I just feel so good. Everything is done. And she said, your stuff is done. The stuff you put your mind to. She goes, this whole house needs packed. Yeah. And she goes, and she, she, she said, you know, you have this thing where when you do your thing and it's finished, feel accomplished. You feel like it's done. But she's like, that's, that's not the reality. And she, and she was laughing. She's like, cause this whole house needs packed. But she was trying to show me that it's kind of how I do things. I have big tasks and once they're done, they're done. And it's, and she's right because they make me feel accomplished. They make me feel like well, yeah. I did my part. But there's a whole house to be packed. That was just a part of what I had to do. And it was the big projects that I was dreading because they just take a long time. Uh, and I think maybe there's some of that with people who like cleaning. Like, I don't mind doing work. Like yesterday, I had to mow the grass. So when I, And I don't usually do it a lot, but I had we had to do it for a particular purpose. We had somebody come look at the house, whatever. So I had to mow the grass real quick. Uh, I did it because I knew it needed done. But... I felt really accomplished. I would never mow the grass at 8.30 on a regular morning, but I felt so accomplished. Like, yeah, it got done. So the whole day I felt like I had achieved something because I mowed the grass, something I hate to do. So I'm curious if that's a part of this. I know that TikTok is big and Instagram is big and these social media outlets are big with people cleaning. So I'm just curious if maybe there's something here. Just saying. No, I don't, I don't disagree. I've had two things happen recently to me that's kind of similar to this. First of them, you be keeping on the mowing your grass kind of uh, motif we got going on here. I've, I think like partly because my wife has always wanted that certain side of like a husband that really cares about how their lawn looks and stuff like that. And that's never necessarily been me, but over the past couple months, I've started to think that way. Like I'm doing like really nice edging. I'm cutting it well, making sure that, you know, I don't bag stuff cause I don't, I don't believe in bagging, <laughs> but I got mulchers. Man, I'm making it look nice. Like it looks nice. And over the past two months, I now care about it looking nice. Like I'm now that older, person. Getting older. And, well, it could be that too. The we second have no, thing. Our life changes. <laughs> we have to find a hobby in yeah, our normal tasks. <laughs> that's true. Now I'm the, now I'm the guy that cares about my yard. Not as super extreme. But the second thing is we started this thing where, you know, my wife, which shout out to palms. This is a big thing. There's a book called make your bed and all that kind of stuff that we read. Anyway, my wife is the person, Hey, when we get out of the bed, let's make the bed. The bed's going to get made. And so we now have this new rule that is like, all right, whoever gets out of bed last has to make that bed, make, make the bed that day. I've always been the guy of like, we're just going to, why there's no one coming over to our house. No one's going to go upstairs. Why do we have to make the bed? We're just going to make it messy again. Well, for the last like two or so months, I've been making the bed and, uh, now I look, now I love to have it made. I agree. There's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of like, right, oh, nice, nice clean room. 
Now at night, when I when at night when I go back up to bed, ah, a nice clean bedroom with a clean bed. I like it. I enjoy it. So I agree yeah. with you. I think there is a sense of like accomplishment, a sense of like, man, I did something. And so what if it's just a small thing? But yeah, right when you start your day, you get a that's the whole purpose of the concept yeah, of make your bed. Exactly. Is that you start your day by fulfilling a task and something that you feel accomplished right when you start. Yeah. It actually is pretty beneficial. Oh yeah. Yeah, my wife makes our bed. I don't I, I'll help if I'm in there. But every day I come in, it's just made. So I know she's already at it, you know, yeah. and it looks great. And it does. It sets your whole atmosphere. Like when I go into the room and the bed's not made in the afternoon, it just feels like something's not right. Yeah. Um, so I'll make it or if she's making it, I'll jump in and do whatever. Like, I, cause I'm sometimes out of the bed earlier because I get up a little earlier most days and, you know, um, and it's one of those things that, um, I think that there is just a thing right now where we are trying to find places of peace. And I think when we accomplish things, we feel like we're in control. Mm, yeah. That's my 10 cents. Yeah. That's good. Not a bad thing. Just my 10 cents. Sorry. No. Right, final thought. All right. Oh gosh. You got me. You got me. Where's my mouse? There it is. <laughs> so I, I collect uh, quotes that are really have inspired me. And I was looking through some of these and there was three quotes that kind of went together and they weren't necessarily on the same um, from the same person or on the same document, but they're just three quotes that really have hit me. I really wanted to leave everybody with this, these couple of thoughts. The first is most of the time we don't need more information. We need more courage. Basically do something with what you already got. And I think a lot of times, uh, and this goes back to the whole control thing. We want to know what's going on. We want to know what the outcome is. If we don't do it, we know what the outcome is. If we do do it, we want to have all the metrics and the rubrics based, and we want to have everything in place to where we know what the byproduct of what every decision is going to be. But a lot of times we don't need all those metrics. We just need the courage to walk forward. Because at the end of the day, you can look at the roller coaster. You can look at all the turns and the curves and the drops. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to get on that thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and the second one is you can be relaxed and dedicated, but just because you worry more doesn't mean that you care more. Mm. And I think there's uh, sometimes an entitlement with people who worry, thinking, well, I care more because that's all I do is think about this. Yeah. You ever that's feel good. like that? I, I don't feel like that, but I do, I do. I've seen that that's a thing for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just because you worry about it doesn't mean you care about it. It, it just means yeah. that you're worried about it. It just means that it's something that's overwhelming you. Because the last part yeah. that I want, the last quote I wanted to share was, you help people when they need help, not when you're ready to help them. Mm. What Good. I've learned and where I'm at right now is there are, as, as a people, we need other people to help us to not be self-centered. We need mm. other people to speak into our life to not, for us to not be so self-absorbed. Being, not being self-absorbed doesn't just mean you're giving them money or you're giving them help. Those things are great, but it's whenever we're not so engulfed in our own stuff that we can't see the pain of others, right? Um, you're going through your own thing, and so you don't even ask somebody else how they're doing and genuinely ask because, you know, they're going through something really tough in their life. And so I think that um, most of the time we don't need more information. We need courage, so move. You can be relaxed and dedicated, but just because you worry more doesn't mean that you care more. So the entitlement is out the window. Don't use a anxiety or a fear as an entitlement because it's something that you're struggling with. And then you help yeah. people when they need help, not when you're ready to help them. Meaning let's be attentive to what's going on around us. Let's look in where people are at and let's see, just like the world is raving about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And it's great. It's great. I'm, I'm good for both of them. I hope they find true love and I hope that it's something that works. And I, 
I hope, you know, I hope that for everybody. They're human beings that have yeah. innate needs and desires just like us. But then there's people doing walkouts because people can't afford to live. People that have jobs, not people that are refusing to work or people that are working for just low wages. These are people that are, pro- that are professionals in organizations that are not able to make a living that are, some of them are probably very educated that can't afford to live based on what they're being paid by professions, not just jobs. These are professions that can't yeah. afford to pay people a living. So the world is in such a cataclysmic pace and attempt at a train wreck. Honestly, we're headed for a brick wall unless something changes. Um, because there's such an upside down mentality here. But I think that's why we can't help people when we're ready to help them and when we have the finances and when we have the time. It's like we got to help them when we see the need. And um, I don't know, it's just this today is just, I, I have been introspective and I have thought a lot about how do we get outside of our box and see people where they're at and not where we want them to be or where we think they're at? How do we actually take our eyes off ourselves and our needs? But we are in a society right now where people are so overwhelmed with, with taking care of themselves that we don't see other people. You'll hear good stories every now and then and all these things. But let's be honest, firefighters, volunteer are paid. Their job is to help people. Policemen, they're paid to help people. It's their job, right? Yeah. And we celebrate these people as we should, because they have given their life to sacrificial help for the community, period, in whatever context. But we celebrate all those, but a lot of those guys, and I mean, there's volunteer fire departments. I'm not, I'm not taking anything from that. I'm just saying, what about all of us who aren't paid to do things in the community that do things in the community that actually see the needs of people and help them without it being something we have a call come in and we go on our, and I'm not taking anything from that. But I'm saying we celebrate all these people who serve our community as we should. They're public servants. But what about all those people who aren't paid to be public servants or aren't wearing a badge that says they're a volunteer firefighter or a volunteer, whatever, fill in the blank, but just humans that as us, we see the public and we see the needs and we do everything we can to help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's where my heart is, is uh, I just see a very, our society is becoming very, we're just, they're, they're, they're nervous, they're scared, and we're just, we just need people to, we need to step in and like uh, see where people are at so we can help them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and see where the needs are at so we can help them, you know? Um, so what was an encouragement for people today to know that I promise you God will go before you, you put others in your, you put others in your target and God will take care of your stuff in a way only yeah. he can. It's consistent, Good. 100% of the time. It's yeah. a promise. And I'm living proof of it, you know? So let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for each and every listener. I pray that today they would know you're real, you're here, that you love them, that you see them, that you're in front of them, and they don't have to worry because, God, you are for them and that you will do things in their life that only you can. We thank you. Everybody said amen. Love you guys. See you next week right here, Sunday, 930, online, in person, Palm Church. See y'all.